What's up, everybody? Hello, Welcome hello, to Larry hello. and Monkey Slaw. You know what I realized we totally lost is my slogan for Larry and Monkey Slaw, but it doesn't matter. We lost it. It's go true. It. All right, it. but go it's become it. it's become. Don't talk about it. Don't be a dick. Yeah, there you go. There that's you gonna go. be that's go. gonna be our slogan. No, that's true. But talk continue about it, don't your intro. Yeah. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> This is a very, very special episode of Larry and Monkey Slaw. We are super excited, legitimately, um, I don't know what word I was going to use. Words are hard, man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Our second episode with Dad. That's our first repeat guest. Two-parter. Two-parter. Man. His Excellency, our father, Peter Maddens. What's up, Pops? Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. Good? His Excellency, Pops. Are you excited, as excited for this as we are? Oh yeah, or nervous or anxious? Yeah. Did you prepare at all? No. 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 Okay. I mean, I'm I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming what you're gonna ask. We were we were holding up. We were we were gearing up for some for some like. What are your views on universal basic income? Like we were gonna throw (laughs) it out there and really go real hard on it. (laughs) I even had a question about UFOs and shit that I was gonna ask. But anyway, anyway. So uh, in today's episode, the the life of of our dad and uh, and all the world events that he that he was uh, that he was fortunate enough to experience because there's a there's a couple doozies from the moon landing to live aid and everything in between and and uh yeah and beyond Uh, fucking covid (laughs) repatriations of like like lost citizens yeah things like that yeah they want to hear about yeah sitting next to a genocidal mass murderer on a plane and you know yeah yeah yeah, just just some interesting stuff (laughs) real interesting stuff so let's roll the intro track and then we'll be back bring it bring it bring it bring Chapter two pops up. So, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's, but that's not, not the point. Yeah, that's that's we don't. Nope. We need your nope. undivided attention. Undivided. And this is divided. Yeah, that's true. I remain <laughs> divided and blindsided by the fact that you're divided. You know, my attention divided is better than most. Yeah, but we don't <laughs> care. <laughs> we'll just we'll wait a second. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you a second. You done? <laughs> Want to do a little? Oh, no, I'm never done. No, we That's know. That's what she said. There oh, nice. we go. Good job. I knew I was going to get job. one in there. I was thinking this morning. That's like, what she said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off to the races. There All we right. go. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Get loosey goosey. Loosey goosey. Got the go. beers. Got some. Got some drink. All right. So you do. All the education stuff, you do the, the the law stuff, you do the internship, and you are now, you do the training for the diplomacy, and you meet our maternal unit. In the prime one, of your one, life. One more thing about the internship. Okay. okay. The, the guy I worked for yeah. was a guy called Franz von Dahle. Oh, legend. Yep, legend. Yeah. I don't know who that, that is, That was but the okay. first time I worked for him. Oh, um, wow. Yep. He ended up being... Oh, he he did everything there is to do in the Belgian Foreign Service. He ended up <clears throat> his last uh, job before retirement was uh, chief of staff to Herman van Rompuy when Herman van Rompuy oh, was the yeah. first president of Europe, and then he yeah, retired, nice. and then he came out of retirement to become the king's chief of staff, Oof. the king's first chief of staff when the when when Albert abdicated and yeah. Philip became king. So, hmm. yeah, he's an absolute legend. Talk and about a calling. Also taught me. 
Probably the most important lesson in diplomacy that anybody ever taught me. Smile and nod? Nope. Okay. Nope. That everything you need to know mm-hmm. in diplomacy and probably in life, mm-hmm. you learn when you're three years old in the kindergarten sandbox. Oh, he was the one that told you that? Yep. There's Shit. only five rules that that rule your life. Yeah. Let's see if we can list them. This is my this ball. This is my ball. All right, I'll let Dad say it. Yeah, I know that's what is, you were going to so say. Peter Go. did this in the last podcast too. He like he tries to explain to the expert what the expert is supposed to say. Like he was trying to explain to a drug expert what ayahuasca was. It's called engaging and so, conversation. And so Yanni just went like, "I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you." Finish. Anyway, yeah. so it's this, this is <laughs> my it. ball. Bring it. You can't come to my party. Uh-huh. You're not my friend anymore. Mm-hmm. The big kid is going to tell us what game we play at recreation. And if you're not nice, I'm calling my big brother. Yep. Think about it. Yeah. Everything in life yeah, yeah. is one of those five. Yeah, no, it's true. Anyway, so yes, uh, met mom at, yeah. during my internship, yes. And that was also by, like, by <coughs> chance. Like That was kind of like yeah. luck, right? Because yeah. she just happened to have to drop off no. a paper the, or something? No, the thing like was, she was, she was working also in the foreign ministry. Yeah. She was working in the minister's office. Yeah. Um, and one day the minister was going to go give a speech in Paris and um, they wanted an English version of that speech to, to distribute to... Uh, to journalists mm-hmm. and my boss knew that my English wasn't too bad uh, and he said well I can get my my intern to do the translation to English if you want mm-hmm. it done quickly um, and I said sure and I can you know I, I don't even need to write it out or type it up I can actually dictate the English version mm-hmm. if you you know let me dictate it to somebody who can type it straight into a computer or a typewriter right and that was mom. Mom was working for some other, as a secretary to some other dude in that office. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, she can, you know, she's, she's available. I don't need her for the next hour or two. So it's like, it's almost like Titanic where you're drawing <clears throat> something. Yeah. In this case, it's like you're translating and she types. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a, a straight up nice romantic text. setup right there. And then we, um, we, uh, we did that. Uh, and I invited her to lunch and, you know, from there, yeah, things developed, and thirty-three years later, here we are sitting doing a <laughs> now here's, here's, Larry here's, and Monkey Slaw podcast. Yeah, with boy, <laughs> to intellectual strong with with you, you two, yeah. with you two, just, yeah, just you two. Hey, you raised us, buddy. You were you were, and I mean, I think <laughs> I, there's more of you in us than you think, and you wish there was. You All this lefty get, communism. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the scary thing, being confronted with your own weaknesses. <laughs> weaknesses? Only the weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's, right. Well, that's what you're confronted with. The <laughs> rest, fair enough. The rest you, you enjoy, right? rest you're proud of. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, you're such a diplomat. Yeah. You're such a diplomat. Yeah. What frustrates you the most about us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to go there. No. It's too broad of All a right. question. No, it's too. true. No, it's actually, true. it's not. <laughs> There's very specific <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. Few, but I'm not going to yeah. go there. No. I don't want you to go there. I don't know why Peter asked that question. There's, I don't want to know that. I'm the instigator, man. I have been from the get-go. Like Even our social interactions, Like you sit back and watch the experiment happen, and I'm the bunny. I walk into the experiment, guns a-blazing, and then you just kind of spot out what happens. I'm the catalyst. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's the whole thing. That's our dynamic. Even with like the parents, you're always the calm and collected. You think about what you're going to say. And I'm just like, hey, and I just say my shit and then <laughs> yeah. deal with the consequences later. You know? Yeah, it's just how it works. Um, 
Now, when you when when mom walks in, was it like a like the the angelic choir opens up with the A major, just like ah? Was there like a, a moment where you're just like, oh damn, she fine, and then and you're just kind of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her out to, to lunch. No, yeah, that's interesting. No, like, what was it? Yeah, it was, was it? It was it was it just fit. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just felt, like, you know, and, how was mom back in those? Because we we only know mom as, as mom. We never knew mom as like the 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 you know disco pants swearing going out to to biker bar siggy smoking siggy smoking in the forest yeah listening like, to credence clearwater like we don't know that side of mom how how was well, she back in those I days i mean listen we we met we were married a year and a half later mm-hmm. 10 months after that you were born so you know there's 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 that that is so life changing that, yeah. that all the rest of everything that comes before is not relevant anymore yeah 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 you know I can. I mean, I can relate. And, I mean, to that think the, think about it. Okay, yeah. I graduated in 1985, and by 1989, when we moved to Caracas, right, mm-hmm. I had gotten an internship, got a job, dated, got married, had a kid, bought a house, yeah. and moved to my first posting. Shit blows my mind. All within four years. Yeah, that'll fuck you up real good. All right, yeah. within <laughs> within four years, all of that happened. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the 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 internship and then the the training, the, 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 the course, the training course, the two-year training course between finishing the Foreign for Service exam and starting the, going on your first posting, mm-hmm. there's another set of exams in there as well where, where that you have to study for. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it was like, what? Seriously? Yeah. You know. But how I, did you, and how did you manage that? Like, how, yeah. because that's a, you just those did. are big changes. You just like, did. It just happened one day after the next, one yeah. day after the other. I mean, we, uh, we, we got engaged. Um, and then my mom said, okay, now that you're engaged and you're, you've got this job and you're going to leave on your posting in a couple of years, uh, in literally a couple of years, you need to buy a place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, okay, let's go look for a place. Let's go look for an apartment, you know, first, first place. Um, and we took out the paper, we took out the, the ads in the paper and, you know, mm-hmm literally ripped the page in half here you go look at these and you go look at yeah. these and there were like six or seven on each on each yep. side that that were we were interested in in terms of location and price etc cetera, etc cetera. and i went to one and that was the first one that i saw and that's the place we still have yeah um, and, the I one said, in Brussels. and i said i found where i want to live yeah um, i'm done looking <laughs> Now, was there ever, was there, like, I mean, I know you, you say you, you just did, but. And, was, yeah, and, you know, that, all of it was just like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Met mom and it felt right. And, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. And we got yeah. married and then bought the place and bought it. And, and then, never anything that like any, any anxiety or, cause we had an episode about anxiety that like, there's certain things that we deal with that I guess back in the day were kind of just accepted as normal, but now are kind of exposed a little bit more in society with with people in was there ever anything that kept you awake at night or things that you worried about or something that you were just like oh fuck like i gotta go do this now not fundamentally Mm -hmm. yeah of course there was always there was always stuff at work or stuff with you guys that Mm -hmm. you would think about and that would make you well maybe keep you up all night yeah absolutely why not uh but I'm, i'm not gonna say that it was the kind of stuff that you know uh what's the word that would made everything crumble or, yeah yeah exactly. nothing that, existential that, no yeah that, that would literally break me no yeah yeah because you just you know it, yeah, yeah life happens yeah yeah, um, yeah and if you know it, it just it just happens it, it's again like 
you see these, for example, you see people who lose their parents, mm-hmm. right? Um, and who say that they can't get over the fact that they've lost their mother or their father. Mm-hmm. But hold on. Losing your parents is the absolute normal, natural order of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's only one alternative, and that you don't wish on anybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you then can't put your brain around the fact that 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 yeah, is yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be that it's a way. Certainty. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're supposed to bury your parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of you gotta hope that that's then, the way it is. Exactly. Then, then, yeah. then, then, you know how how do you how does it take years? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. significant chunks of time. Yeah. To, to so you know life happens when you're when you're 25, 26 years old. The next step is you know. Getting married, or yeah. you know, the next yeah. the next natural step, I guess, is 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 trying to figure out how you're going to procreate. Yeah, yeah. Let's put it that way. That's the next yeah. natural step. Yeah, yeah. A- and our society transforms that natural step into a bunch of processes and and yeah. and, and rituals. Yeah. yeah, and that's called dating and getting married. And, yeah. you know, right. That, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. but that's that's. Those are the processes and rituals yeah. behind the procreation, which is yeah, what yeah. happens when you're, you know, quarter life. Yeah, soul kind of the natural. Yeah. Um, and then when you have that, the result of that drive to procreate, you need to be able to sustain that life, and and yeah. for that you need to gather income. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and that's you know that's a job. Yeah. Um, and and then, your and your, my job was just a different kind of job from somebody else's. It was one that was a little more disruptive, somewhat yeah. unique. So yeah. In that, so you're you 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 met mom. You guys got married. Mom's pregnant. Peter's born Ooh. in Brussels. Mm-hmm. And then you get your first posting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How? What, was, what is that? We were in the training. We were in our training course, and we were in, a, in a, one of the government offices that I don't remember. It was it wasn't too far from home, by the way. It was close to home. It was actually the, the office was around the corner from 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 the apartment where we lived. Um, <clears throat> and our uh, the the boss of the training course uh, had said to us that after this meeting, I'm going to tell you all where you're going, and I'm going to you know call you over individually and tell you where you're going. Um, and he calls me over and says, "Well, you're going to Caracas, Venezuela." And, okay, it was. Right. I had, I had, I had said that there were three three postings that I wanted to go to, and this was the last one on my list, so I couldn't complain about it. Um, and I remember walking home. Um, you know, this was this is like going to be big for mom. Huh? Yeah. The, the the before we got married, the furthest she had ever flown in a plane was down to the south of Spain. Yeah, right. Our honeymoon. Flying to New York was the longest flight she'd ever right. taken, and she'd never been away from Belgium for more than two weeks, right, or three maybe with our honeymoon. Yeah, and now here she was with a at that at that time a three month old mm-hmm. or a two month old baby, Jeez. Um, and she was being told that she was going to move to South America, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, to a country where they spoke Spanish. What you know? <laughs> okay. Um, Anyway, um, and she was she was breastfeeding you when I walked in. Yeah, and I said to her, "Well, we're, we're moving to Caracas." It's like, oh wow. Uh, but she was, you know, I mean, your mom, right? She's she's an an, an amazing, yeah, amazingly strong, yeah, um, woman who, when she sets her mind to something, 
She just will do it. Completely goes for it. Yeah. Regardless you know, we, of we anything. Moved, we moved to Caracas. You were yeah. seven months old when we moved there. Yeah. I remember we spent uh, six weeks in a hotel before moving into our first apartment there. Yeah. And during those six weeks is when is the first, you'll, you, the, you'll relate to this, was the first time he sat up yeah. straight. That was in the hotel in Caracas. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that's that? That's how like, little you were. Like, can you imagine yeah. doing that now? Like, that's how little no, he I mean, was. You would be yeah, doing that right now. That's what like, I thought about a lot. Like, yeah. With, yeah, no, I can't. I really that's how can't. little he was. Yeah. You know, we yeah. moved to Caracas with yeah. with, with a, a, a baby that was seven months old. Yeah, uh, and then the you know the within within days she was taking Spanish courses. Um, yeah. so she could start functioning. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll never forget the story of you guys being at a reception, and she was always like hanging on to you because yeah. you'd be like the translator, and you're just like, "All right, peace out," and you just left her sitting there with a couple people, forcing her to speak Spanish. Mm. And that was the moment, and I always remember because that, that's like one of the oldest stories that mom would tell. And that was the moment where she's like, "Okay, well, I I guess I got to speak Spanish now," and yeah, that she yeah. did, and she was able to do it. Yeah, which is which is. It's because it, that's that's what I mean, because like you say, life happens and it's it's true like it does. You you, you got to do it like you just do it. But I, like thinking back on it now, like those things, I mean, probably if I was in your position, like, you know, 30 years down the line from now, I would also say it's like, well, yeah, I, I just I just did it. You know, like all the times that we moved, even with all the troubles that we had, like, yeah, you just you just did it because you do. You have to do it. So you do. But I can't imagine like. If I if I try and put myself in that position, like now, imagine Milene would want to go to the other side of the world. I think my biggest job would probably be to convince her parents to let me do it in the first place. Well, while when we were in Caracas, um, my mother-in-law, your grandmother, mm-hmm. actually asked me, "When are you bringing back my daughter and grandchild?" Mm-hmm. Oh. And the, the the question was, okay, you've had your fun now. You've been away for a year or two. Yeah, yeah. We're done, right? Right. <laughs> this is uh, now. This is over, right? Yeah. This is it. This was the one. Your one little spat, and you're yeah. done. Your little adventure. <laughs> but I said, well, after this one, we're moving somewhere else. And and she was really not happy with that. Well, yeah, which no. is, well, actually, that's that's when she decided. Your grandmother, at least, when she decided to come and see us in Caracas. Yeah. And that's when around the time you were born, and she joined us there. Um, yeah. To come to Caracas for about a month or six weeks, uh, when we went after you were born and when we took you down there when you were six weeks old. Yeah. So your first trip on an airplane was when you were six weeks. <laughs> uh, and your, your, your grandmother and your mom were on that plane together with you. Yeah. Um, and then she came and visited us, I think, twice in New York as well. So yeah, yeah she, became, she became a regular globetrotter after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think the last that time was she her visited first, us... I think that was almost her first flight was to Caracas. I can imagine. In her life, I think. And this is, this is a woman who was a refugee from the Second World yeah. War. She had raised four children, had two miscarriages, yeah. you know, just so much stuff. And also, like, she did it. Yeah, she, you just, know? Yeah. she just did it. Like, that was, yeah. it's just, yeah. But I think, yeah, like, there's, like, a, you, you had to manage two completely different life experiences there, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you had, your mother-in-law was asking you to, like... Come back. Is reconcile the right word, like your reality with hers. Yep. Because <clears throat> your reality was that. Mm-hmm. Like there was no other, there was no other way of living. Well, and there, there, of course, I was fortunate to have grown up in this life. 
Yeah. I yeah, can't yeah. I can't imagine what it what 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 my response would be to if I had if I didn't know what was coming. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. I'd grown up in it. Right. And for her that was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah. Why is my daughter and granddaughter yeah. a million yep. miles away? Yeah. Uh grandson, thank you. Grandson, but that's okay. Yeah, Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> and that's the big difference between the way I see it now between, you know, with us and Jazz and with you and your 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 grandparents, your specifically your grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we came back from Caracas um, the second time, the first time you were still relatively little. Uh, but when we came back before moving to New York, um, my mom was at the airport mm-hmm. and you would not have it. You just, you didn't, this was a strange woman to you. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And you were screaming your head <laughs> off. Fuck you. <laughs> whereas, whereas, you know, yeah, three days ago. Yeah, we we spent the last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, two three times a week, if not, you know, at at, at some points daily, yeah, mm-hmm. talking with you guys, yeah, yeah. with you and 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 Jazz would see us on the screen, mm-hmm. and it was amazing to see how this little baby, yeah, yeah, actually was able to make the conversion from yeah. the screen face yeah. up to you know your shoulders, yeah. yeah. To the full body in 3D yeah. real life yeah. and not yeah. freak out. No, yeah. and con- that was yeah, yeah. so cool. And conversion is the right word because you could see it like it had to click. She was like, yeah. wait, I can recognize these people. These guys are in 3D. But they're not in this like glowing square. Yeah, they don't <laughs> come off a black, a black thing. Yeah. And they yeah. have legs? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like yeah. they're also watching. You could actually see it happen, but it was amazing <laughs> yeah. to watch. Yeah. It was really you know, cool. It was, it was worth a trip. That, yeah, that, yeah, those, yeah. Those, that minute was, worth, was literally yeah. worth a trip. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, and this is something that my, my mom or, or mother-in-law never had. Yeah. I mean, they were, they, to you guys, they were more strangers than the neighbor lady in, in, yeah. in, in, in Yeah, in, for sure. Absolutely. In New Rochelle. Because I, I remember thinking back like i was trying to remember my first memories well my first memories of of you as well as like my first memories of of our grandparents and i remember i do remember the moment when we went back when when mommy was sick like i remember sitting at the couch when she made those drawings and stuff and i also remember that like mesa the 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 house your parents house in 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 mesa being my favorite place in the world for the longest amount of time um, just because it was so isolated, like also now whenever I do the walk, like with Lucky, the, the, there's fields close by and every now and then I get like the same whiff of smell as the area around Mesa. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's, yeah. it's the, you know, it's the, the big, manure. the dried manure and the dried earth on the road. And, yeah. and, and I remember just like the, the old stuff in that house. Uh, and it, it's like just the memories and and you know recognizing people and all that stuff it's 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 crazy how that impacts you know our memories like of our, when we think about our life we think about the people that we notice and stuff and so then i always think like at what point is jazzy going to know who we are like now she recognizes us but at what point is she going to be able to be like oh yeah that's that's Uncle P and that's that's uh, pops and that's grand and that's yeah I mean you know? that's yeah that's kind of like started now mm-hmm. like now in the last few days when I enter the room in the morning Ellen usually goes down with her first gives her her medicine and then I go down just a little later mm-hmm. and when I enter the room she goes Papa 
Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's fuck. not just like a, it's not just my, my, papa. It's like right. very distinct. Right. Papa. Yeah. Drives Ella nuts that she doesn't <laughs> do the same for mama. Which was the exact uh, same thing with me back in the day that like mom was like, say mama, mama. And I was like, papa. I just said dad yeah. first. Yeah. And the thing is like at 3 a.m. when she's screaming, then she needs mama and then papa. <laughs> so that's just a great fortune on my part. Like I only have like the morning yeah. greeting. I don't have like yeah. the 3 a.m. terrors. Yeah, right. Um, but it, I was also saying, Ellen, I think it's just like the more fun word to say. I think like mama is like, if you yeah, know, papa, like that's just yeah, like and, a, and mama, like there's nuance there. Like you yeah. gotta, you gotta do the mama. It's not just pa, pa, pa. yeah. Yeah, there you know, there's there's more control necessary. But so Jazzy is almost one. I think by when when I was about that age, we were almost at the end of Venezuela. <clears throat> yeah, we moved yeah. to, and then we went to six months later. We moved to New York. Yeah, New York City. Yeah. Um, first time around, um, lived in New Rochelle in the suburbs. Okay, yeah, New uh, Row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, North New Rochelle for the first uh, two years. Mm-hmm. Surrey Drive? Three years. And then South New Rochelle by the water yeah. uh, for the last two. Yeah. I remember the move. You came to pick us up from Saxon Woods, and you said, oh, we're in the new house. And then we went to the new house. That's one of my earliest memories. Like, literally, like, if I try to think back as far as I can go, yeah. I have some stuff from Saxon Woods. I pooped in the pool once in <laughs> Saxon Woods. I remember that. I didn't tell anyone. There was a log in the pool. And everyone <laughs> got evacuated, and I was like, "That was me, guys. That was so me." But I'm not going to tell anyone. I do remember that stuff. Yeah. Um, but my my like, if I really go back and I try to like get as far as I can, um, it's that move because I remember you picked us up from Saxon Woods, mm-hmm. but we went to the toy store and True. we bought a Vortex. Yep. And yep. something else for you, golf club. That I whacked you in the head with a little later. Uh, it might have been that. Was it that? I don't remember. Or a soccer ball or something. It was yard toys. Yeah, it was, we, yeah. We were going to a place that had a, a yard. <clears throat> yeah, because the first uh, house had a pool and like a small yard on the side, but nothing. Yeah, because I think we lived in the first house for just two years. Because I did, uh, I went to Iona, three. which was. We lived there for three, from 92 to 95. Okay. Because I remember I did first grade. Yeah, that makes sense. No, what? Cause you, I maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I remember you came to pick me up at Saxon Woods that we had moved. Summer camp. Ah, that's probably it. Did I do summer camp while yeah. I was doing kindergarten yeah. at Iona? Yeah. Okay. Now Saxon Woods, that was like just a house, right? Yeah. And people lived the upstairs. Basement of a house. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, like sometimes, like this lady would come downstairs, and I, she was not one of our teachers, and I was like, who this bitch? Who's who's she? Oh wow, I, don't, I don't know I thought who that, that lady like was. A big ass school, like, but that's just because no, I was. it was a the basement of a house. In. It was like three rooms in the basement of a house. But so while we were f- flouncing about in uh, in school, yep. what were you doing, pops? I was at I was on the, our delegation to the UN. Okay. Doing the same job my dad had done 25 years earlier. Yeah, uh, that was that. The okay. budget, the budget committee of the UN. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, like even though like the the umbrella term for your job is is diplomat or ambassador, like every place you've been has had. Oh, it's always different. It's a different job. Like it's a different day to day. Yeah. Because in Venezuela, you were at the embassy straight up. I don't know what you did there. I was the number two at the embassy, or the deputy oh, ambassador. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then in New York was Fifth Commission, like the budget, the whole five years, the yep. whole time. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, that plus you know internally within the mission, I I had a couple of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of them was you know the logistics, organizing the logistics of all high level visits, all high level Belgian oh, okay. visits to the UN. Nice. Which is, which oh, was and fun. that's why you met yeah. Prince Laurent. 
Laurent, Jean Lagana, the various oh, okay. foreign ministers. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. And did you have and a... specific projects here and there, which were yeah. also fun to do with, I mean, again, my ambassador, both of my ambassadors, um, amazing guys, both of them, um, they knew I spoke, you know, relatively decent English and that mm -hmm. it was, I was the guy who they would send out to liaise with, with New Yorkers. Right. Right. Um, when, when with the was, locals. When there was, no, when <laughs> there was Yorkers. business to do. I mean, like, yeah, you yeah. know, with, with, with renovating that tapestry, the guy, with oh, yeah, right. the, the scaffolding builders and the yeah. transport companies. And when we moved missions, when, you know, talking to the lawyers about the contract, yeah. the new rental contract and the renovation contracts and all that. <clears throat> And it, you know, they 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 gave that stuff to me because they knew that uh, my English was good enough that that uh, that you know they yeah it's I an was, asset I was, to have. I was the guy that that yeah, yeah. You know, would negotiate with the New Yorkers for so. sure. I mean, yeah. I was yeah. There was this trip <laughs> recently in New York with a Flemish journalist, and the journalist kept addressing everybody at the GA, like all the security officers, are like "Hello, sir." And you notice, like their response to that was like, "What are you? What you calling me?" Like, yeah. what, what, what's your name for what's me? This, like, I, and I did the thing that you taught me, Peter, like the, the really good line, what's up, boss? Oh, yeah. And the sup boss yeah. gets you so much further than hello, sir. <laughs> like in New York, like then you're like, yo, what's up, dog? Like, just like, let's hey, go. Let's, what's you talking about? Where's your creds? Like, what's you doing? Like, and that was, that's the, yeah, you need the, need Piss, the Piss the guy off even more than he was already pissed at you? Yeah, yeah, much more. Much more. <laughs> oh, so much more. But, uh, let's hope he listens. Oh, I'm sure he's not. Um, oh. I'm sure he's not. And if he is, I hope he's really enjoying all this like e ego lathering, like just yeah. lathering myself. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Hey, we need it sometime. <laughs> so after the States, um, five years in the States, because uh, most of our postings like in our life was blocks of three. And then there were two blocks of five. One of them was the States, five years in the States. Um, and then we moved back to Belgium, where when a diplomat comes back to Belgium to work for the foreign ministry, He's just an average Joe, just a regular dude. All like a, pretenses, all titles just disappear, all gone. All gone. Yeah. A there's, a really, there's a really funny story about uh, an old ambassador, who'd, who'd, a guy who'd been ambassador in Paris, yeah. um, and he was called back to the ministry you know, three or four months before retiring. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and he was uh, having lunch in the ministry, like mm -hmm. regular dudes in the mess. Um. And the the way it used to work in the ministry there was you 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 had a a day a, a daily um, menu yeah or you could get a steak or 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 an omelet or something like right. that and he didn't care for the daily menu that day and he ordered a steak mm -hmm. but the thing is they they do the steak to order so right. you you grab a cup of soup and you or a salad and you go down you go to your seat and eat it and then by the time you're finished with your Right. Uh, um, with your starter, they they yell. They used to yell across the hall yeah. that your steak was ready because there was no PA system. And, and the woman yelling yeah. had this really shrill voice, and it was like, Thanks, and yeah. <laughs> it was really, really bad. So this guy was sitting there having his soup, um, and they yell that his steak was ready. Uh, and he gets up and turns to his the people he was having lunch with, you know, who were all high ups in the ministry at yeah. the time. And he goes, oh, geez, to think a couple of days ago they were still calling us your excellency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brutal. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're just a regular Joe. There's no more yeah. flag on the car. There's no, no. more, you know. There's nobody no. bringing you coffee. There's there's no. nobody calling you your excellency. There's nobody no. making making sure they're very careful about what they say to you because you know you don't don't piss off the boss. Yeah. Uh, no, you're mm, just, just a regular a, just civil a servant. As just, we would say in Flinglish, like feet on the ground. Yeah. Feet on the ground. Feet on the ground. Hey, there's the title for the episode. Oh, there you go. Feet <laughs> on the ground. Done deal. Done. Yeah, because like you, you told me as well, and I, I don't know, was it, was it you told me that like when you were doing the commute from where we were living in Haag to Brussels, that like you, you would see some of like the same people who were doing that commute like years before. <coughs> Or was it no? That else was that was a friend of mine who had who had been to Brussels, then gone away, and then come back to Brussels. Yeah. And on his first rotation, he had bought himself a house. Yeah, moved into the house, started you. I mean, commuted from that house to to the office, and then went on another post and came back five years later. Mm-hmm. Moved back into the same house, got back onto the platform, the train platform, the first morning. Yeah, uh, of his second tour. Oh, no. To take the same train that he had taken five years before, you yeah. know, the 722 or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> and there's the same dude that was there five years ago <laughs> with the same briefcase and the same coat. Everything is just a little older. A little you saggier, know, the guy's got a little, a little his hair his hair's a little grayer. <laughs> the, the the briefcase is a little more worn. The coat is a little oh, less shine. I mean, a little, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the color faded. is less vibrant. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and you know, and and he was then thinking. My God, am I happy I have this job? Yeah, that I that yeah. I don't have to do this all yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then Belgium. I remember because like also like our my life is always it's blocked in the places that I've lived, like the houses that I've lived. And I remember or that we lived. And I remember in Belgium we lived in the cul-de-sac and like the 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 dead end street. And Tompy and I skated uh, endlessly, rollerbladed um, every single day. Street hockey to the point yeah. where I, the, the, I remember your rollerblades had internal booties. Yeah, and we had to get a second pair of those internal booties. Yeah. They were worn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we because in I think it was our second or third episode <laughs> where we talk about like the toys that we played with as a kid and how we didn't break more bones while skating on those sketchy ass ramps where we just took a piece of wood and just laid it on a box and then just jumped off that stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, insane, yeah. absolutely insane. And then I still remember, and because you quit smoking when we moved to Belgium, yeah. and I remember you sitting on that little fence right next to the mailbox in the evening, like in the summertime, it going down. And I just remember seeing the the puffs of smoke, yeah, I remember coming off. I also remember I just have this really random image sitting on the deck in our first house in the states with friends of ours that were visiting or whatever, and I remember vividly just in the dark like that bright the bright orange tip of the cigarette and then you laughing while blowing the smoke upwards it's just really random image that i just remember from back in the day there's no actual point to this it was just randomly (laughs) that you used to smoke back in the day and then it was thanks to tompy that you quit yeah it's true because tompy just took a little note that said you will stop smoking on the first of january 1999 yeah, and hung it on the computer screen. Yeah, and every time Dad was like, "Man, take it and just throw it in the trash," Tommy would take it out of the trash and hang it back up on the screen. And if Dad threw it away, it couldn't find it. Tommy just wrote a new one and hung it back up on the screen. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then you just cold turkey, cold yeah. turkey, just yeah. quit. And yeah. then one day became a week, and a week was a month, and a month was six yeah. months, and by then it wasn't worth starting over. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, crazy. Yeah, again, and you good. know, it just happens. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably how I started smoking too. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, your your first cigarette makes you so fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What yeah. do you I mean? Yeah. No, How do you guys I know this? I haven't anything. had much experience. I, 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 well, I mean, I, you know, there was a there was a tobacco thing once. I got pretty spinny from it. That was not yeah. that was not yeah. fun at all. Yeah. Was, there was nothing no. enticing or fun about that. No. And then and then after Belgium, we moved to Vienna. Yes. Which I think I remember was one of the first like moves that I vividly remember, like the whole process. It was on the day of my fortieth birthday. That the, the guys the guys showed up, <laughs> yeah. the movers showed up. Oh, yeah, jeez, yeah. damn. Yeah, and then in Vienna, um, which was a culture shock on its own, um, because in Vienna was the first time that we weren't quote unquote special. In the States, we were the Belgian kids. In Belgium, we were the American kids. It was kids. The first time, your first time in, in, in an international right, school. That's true. Because right. yeah. everybody was like us. <clears throat> um, and then also lots of skating in, in Vienna. So much skating. Just nonstop, every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was also the first time where I think you and I, Tompi, were really confronted with materialism. That it was that you Probably, needed yeah, to yeah. have a certain, yeah, like you yeah. needed to have a certain phone. You needed to be wearing certain clothes in order to quote unquote fit in. Yeah. Um, you needed to have a certain tech deck. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be a tech deck. It couldn't yeah, yeah. be a fake fingerboard. Fingerboard, yeah. Even though, yeah, like, I don't, and even now today, like, I still, I like, go to the toy store and if I buy a tech deck, like, it's got to be a tech deck. Yeah, like, yeah. you got one laying on your desk, right? I got one laying on my desk. Yeah. 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 It's got to be a tech deck. It can't be a fake <laughs> fingerboard. It's got to be a real thing. Um, Maria Hilfestrasse. Yeah, dude, you got You got to go to that first skate store, and if yeah, it wasn't yeah. at the first skate store, you had to go all the way up beyond yeah. the movie theater to the second skate store. And it store. was always like, if it's not the first skate store, like it's risky going to that second skate store because usually the second skate store doesn't have. Yeah, but you're yeah. like, is it worth the effort? Yeah, yeah. maybe it is. Yeah, maybe let's go and give it a try. One thing, the one thing I remember about Vienna and you guys is it. it it's also the place where you guys got a, a degree of independence. Yeah. yeah, it was the it's first true. the first time we would let you, or it's true. You know, the first time we you guys took public transport on your own. Yeah, you know, I remember that vividly. Went shopping yeah. on your own. You know, yeah. coming yeah, home was, from the Vienna International School after soccer or something. Yeah, Danube Some International School. No, no, no. Oh, the VIS. Yeah, 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 the first time you let us come yeah, with yeah, the metro, yeah. we had like a shared phone yeah. that we couldn't do yeah. anything on but call and text. Barely text. Um, oh yeah, you couldn't even text. Yeah, just calling. Yeah. Uh, and we had to take the metro home. And I remember, like the night before, we were like, "Okay, this is these are the things. Right. This is the metro you gotta take. These right. are the stops you gotta do." Because we were young. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we were, were 12 14 and, and twelve. Yeah, yeah. No, we were younger than that. I remember turning twelve in. I was fourteen when we moved to Dar. I was thirteen when we moved. We were like Tompy was like eight. I was eleven. I was like ten. Maybe it was like eleven well, or nine. It was it was, was two thousand. So yeah. you were eleven. So yeah, and you were nine. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking nine year old kid. You're letting him take the take take no, the subway was, by it himself. Was, it was a year later. So he was yeah, 10. it's true. It's true. Plus, 10, Vienna was were incredibly organized. Like, just you, you could you could afford to do that. You didn't have to get. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There was Vienna. No... Vienna was doable. Yeah. It was also the first time we let you home alone without a babysitter, and yeah. that was all in Vienna. I remember yeah. playing the PlayStation for a really long time. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And it's like all the sounds. Like, are they home yet? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we honed those skills. Honed those skills. I remember because after Vienna, we moved to Tanzania. Talk about culture shocks. Truly. Tropical <laughs> paradise. Like, I remember flying over uh, Dar es Salaam, like, over Tanzania, on the way to the airport. 
And I remember just looking down and going like, wow, like this is not the same. Yeah. Not the same at all. This is a different world. Different, there was nothing just, no, until no. until you hit Dar, and then, then all these. I remember city. all these fire, the the smoke, the smoke coming off the the, then, the rubbish piles, and then and then the Indian Ocean, which was turquoise blue. And, and I also yeah. remember very specifically when we landed in Nairobi before you did the flight to Dar, mm-hmm. um, was the flat top trees. Yeah, and the only time yeah. I had seen that. I mean, you had showed us out of Africa. But for me, it was like, it was the Lion King. Yeah. It was the Opening trees that they illustrate in the Lion trees. King. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I've never seen a tree like that before. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a crazy thing, man. Awesome. And then you land in Tanzania, and then they drive you home. And that, yeah. last, that, last, that last bit just before we get home where you drive yeah. into the ocean and then take yeah. that left turn. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Yeah. Drive, that yeah. view was something Over else. Over Slander Bridge. And every sink there was a, not a single day when I opened up the curtains where I didn't on purpose tell myself, be thankful for this. Don't d- yeah, just yeah. realize what you're looking at. Yeah. And I remember like even on the days where I would just open up the window and I would like turn around, it almost became like an OCD thing. Like the people that turn the light on 45 times, like when they have to leave a room, I would yeah, open yeah. up the window and I would be like, look at what you have, realize what Take you're looking at in. and because uh, it's going to go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that was, talk about independence. God damn. And how was that for you coming to dark? Because you obviously had a you had been to East Africa before. Yeah, we lived in Kenya with my my, my parents, and for me, going to Dar was, I was I was hoping to refine that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a you know it it was a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah. I was I was hoping that it would be a little bit more. Yeah. Um more of a job more interesting but you know what it's it's fine it was it was okay it was it it in the end it turned out to be um yeah pretty pretty formative yeah. um there were two or three things that we did there that were that were important um yeah because that was and one of the things when we said we wanted to have you on the podcast Something that happened in Tanzania was was one of your main yeah, that, reasons for coming onto the podcast. Tell us about that. What was the what was what was that? Uh, two uh, impactful things mm-hmm. um, that happened. One was the the, uh, the Rwandan um, who had been convicted of murder, mm-hmm. who was stuck in a in a Tanzanian jail and who would he, he took back to Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was, it was like my, my only instruction from foreign ministry before I left was he needs to be back here by April. Mm-hmm. And this was August of 93, uh, 2003, sorry. Yeah. Uh, August of 2003. And the, the ministry told me he needs to be back by April of 2004, which was mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary of the Rwandan genocide. And this guy had been convicted or had been accused, not convicted yet. He was convicted later. He'd been accused of uh, murdering the 10 Belgian soldiers who had been oh, assigned yeah. to guard the, the prime minister. Yeah. So the genocide was triggered by the murder of the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of hours or days later, the... Um, the, the 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 guys who were running the genocide murdered the prime minister and the the a woman, and she had been guarded by uh, Belgian troops mm-hmm. who were part of the UN force there. 
Um, and the unit, the Rwandan military unit that went in to murder the prime minister, first got rid of the ten Belgian soldiers who mm-hmm. were there to do the uh, the um, who were guarding the woman, uh, murdered them, and then murdered her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this guy was the the um, the chief of that military unit. And at one point, uh, a couple of years after that, he had um, surrendered to the International Tribunal for Rwanda mm-hmm. in Arusha. And they were so busy that they said, look, what you did was was not necessarily an act of genocide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was murder, absolutely, but it wasn't necessarily an act of genocide. So we as the International Tribunal, we have no jurisdiction over your case, so you're free mm-hmm. to go. Um, and then both Rwanda and Belgium asked for his extradition. And the Tanzanians didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so they picked him up and put him in in protective custody in their own jails. Mm-hmm. Um, and my both my predecessors couldn't get him out, just couldn't figure out how to get him out of that Tanzanian jail because the Tanzanians would keep going, but we can't give him to you because the Rwandans want him too. Um, and then, you know, I was told it's got to happen. So, you know, I started negotiating again with the same ministers and uh, talking about, um, what his problem was and why he needed to be extradited to Belgium and not to Rwanda, et cetera, et cetera. And I was able to convince him that um, that he was going to, he should go to Belgium. Um, and there was a really smart lawyer who figured out that, um, yes, there were two extradition requests, one from Rwanda, one from Belgium. And the but the Rwandan extradition request was not valid mm-hmm. because the extradition treaty between Rwanda and Tanzania, which dated from 1964 and 1965, yeah. which right after Tanzanian independence, had never been published in the official gazette. So it was not a valid treaty. Wow. So Talk the only the only yeah. So the only valid extradition request to which the only valid extradition request against this guy was the Belgian extradition request. Yeah. So they could. They actually extradited him to Belgium. <laughs> uh, and then my consul was, a, was, a, was a, a woman with two kids whose husband was a, a captain on a, on a gas transporting ship and she was alone. So mm-hmm. I was never going to send her home right. to accompany this guy. And my deputy um, wasn't, uh, for some reason, I don't remember why, uh, wasn't going to do it either. So mm-hmm. I had to go and accompany him back to Belgium. So I right. flew him back. I, I was on the same plane with him and handed him over to the Dutch police. Yeah. To the Belgian police in Schiphol in yeah. in, 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 in uh in the in the in the Netherlands yeah. the next morning. That was the one impactful thing. And then the other one was the refugees. Yeah. I mean uh, my the thing that I, I focused on two things sub- substantively. I mean, there was a bunch of other stuff, management and, you know, the regular politics and the regular commercial mm-hmm. stuff and the consular stuff. But in substance, I focused on two things in Tanzania. One was the railway because mm-hmm. I, you know, to me, uh, the railway across Tanzania was um, the lifeline right. for um, Eastern Congo, Rwanda, and Burundi. And that mm-hmm. was our, you know, strategically it was Belgium's, uh, main interest lie in those countries. So I thought to myself, you know, the railway is part of their economic survival, so it's yeah. important, yeah. and we need to focus on it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I focused on was the refugees. There were uh, 
350 or 400,000 yeah. Congolese and Burundian refugees sitting in camps in Western Tanzania mm-hmm. when we arrived. Um, and at some point, and this is actually a cool story, um, at some point in 2006, there were elections in Congo. Now, don't forget there was like something like 200,000 Congolese refugees mm-hmm. in total at the time. And UNHCR's plan uh, always was, or policy always is, to promote voluntary returns, so to mm-hmm. get to get refugees ready to return voluntarily to their house, to their country of origin. Um, and after the elections in two thousand and six, there was a push from the refugees to go back. Mm-hmm. They all wanted to go back as 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 quickly as they could, which was a, a good sign because that meant that they had sufficient confidence in what was going on in Congo at the time to return home. Um, But UNHCR could only transport 500 refugees a week. Um, Why was that? Well, uh, Lake Tanganyika. First of all, refugees were transported across Lake Tanganyika Mm -hmm. from Kigoma to the town on the other side. Um, But the lake had dropped. The level of the lake had dropped Mm -hmm. because of a drought. Um, and the ship that the UNHCR used to uh, transport the refugees couldn't dock at the quay in the harbor of Kigoma because, right. the, because the river wasn't deep enough. And the only way they could get refugees onto the boat was to put it as a, as a, as next to three other ships right. that were docked. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And the third ship of the three yeah. was only there one day a week. Yeah. Right. So they could only actually transport refugees one day a week. Yeah. And the ship that they used to transport the refugees was a ship for 500 people. Right. Now, because of those elections at the same time, um, the Belgian government decided to give a bunch of, uh, a shipload, literally a shipload of transport equipment mm-hmm. to the Congolese army. Um, and the Congolese army had decided that it was going to deploy that material, that equipment, in the eastern Congo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and there's two ways to get to eastern Congo if you're coming from Belgium. One is from Mat- from Matadi, the port near Kinshasa, and drive it across the country. Mm-hmm. And the other one is ship it to Dar es Salaam and across Tanzania and across right. the lake. Yeah. And this was uh, troop transporters and jeeps and trucks and... Yeah. Uh, and pontoons. Right. Um, and at some point, these pontoons, there's, there was like 12 of them, were laying in Kigoma Harbor, mm-hmm. waiting to be transported to uh, Congo. Right. And there's this woman who works for UNHCR, a transport consultant who works for UNHCR, who calls me up and says, I can see these pontoons laying here. If I put those in the lake, mm-hmm. I don't need the three ships right? because I can dock my boat out in the lake where the right. lake is deep enough and we can transport 2,000 refugees a week because oh, we can man. do this four times a week right. instead of just once a week. Yeah. I thought that was a really good idea. Yeah. So, you know, fixed it that the, the, the defense ministry here in Belgium was, would agree that those pontoons be used by UNHCR for a while mm-hmm. before, giving, before sending them off to Congo. So we went, they invited me to go and inaugurate, to, to be there when they had their first um, 
shipment or yeah. ship full of refugees uh, to to inaugurate the pontoons. So yeah. I went. I flew to Kigoma, uh, and the, that evening we went and wa- we looked at the pontoon and looked at the ship and visited, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the next morning they they took us out to meet the convoy, mm-hmm. uh, and a convoy of five hundred refugees is like. 15 buses and 25 or 30 trucks because each of these refugees have, you know, one or two big Ikea bags full of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Their whole life. Their whole life. Yeah. Coming out of the, out of the camps. So it's like this huge convoy of big. Yeah. Overloaded buses. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. And you could see it from, Mm -hmm. from far. You could see the dust cloud. Yeah. And you can, oh, they're coming. Yeah. There's the dust cloud. Uh, and we had agreed that we were going to, that the convoy was going to stop at a T junction mm-hmm. so that the, you know, the refugees could get off and stretch their legs because it was like a six hour drive. Yeah. yeah. Starting in the middle of the night because the ship had to leave yeah. Kigoma Harbor at about 11 in the morning so that it would Ooh. arrive in Congo before nightfall. The logistics. Um, so we're at the T junction and they stop the buses and most of the refugees get off the bus to, to, you know go into the bush and do whatever they need to do and and then come back, stretch their legs. And we're walking, me and a colleague um, are walking down the line of buses Mm -hmm. and I feel somebody hitting me on the head and there's this little old dude who gets, who's (laughs) on the bus and he doesn't get, he didn't get off the bus because he's too old and, you know, he's he's not, and he doesn't need to to go into the bush or, and he talks to me in Swahili and lucky I understood enough of it. And he says, uh, are you the ambassador? And I go, yeah. Well, they knew that, you know, they were going to go to Belgium because of the Belgian embassy and mm-hmm. the, the pontoons and that this was really special and that the ambassador was going to come and visit. And I was the only European dude on that, on that whole trip. Yeah, not everybody in military else, gear. Uh, everybody yeah. else was, was African yeah. uh, out there. There was some military guys in the harbor with the yeah. pontoons, but not on that particular oh, yeah, part okay. going to, the, to meet the, the convoy. Yeah. So he knows that I'm the ambassador. He taps me on the head and goes, are you the ambassador? I said, yes. Uh, he goes, well, then I want to thank you. I said, thank me for what? Because I can go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ten years in the camp, yeah. uh, and he could finally go home, and he thought it was thanks to me. Yeah. Which was, you know, and yeah. I thought to myself, this is my life. Yeah. I've just had the moment that makes my life worth it. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> this, this was the moment of my career. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So those I, were the two things that happened in Dar. But I, the refugee <laughs> yeah. ones, I mean, I think, I feel like it's so fundamental to, to. And I took you to the camp. Yeah. That's what yeah, I was yeah, just about right. to say was that like your, your interest in I got that so and, much and, shit and, over my, over me for that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. From like the higher ups? The, the, Tanzan, the Tanzanians did not want me to take you. Oh man. They did not mm. want to show that. Oh, oh. damn. I mean, I, uh, that, and that was what I was going to say is that was one of the, the key moments that has made me who I am today and what yeah. I do today was that like, yeah. it was, and I think that that, if people like ask us like, what's the diplomat kid life like, like they ask the broad questions and mm-hmm. you can give them the spiel of like, there's as many pros as cons and all this stuff. And, but I think the, one of the most important realizations apart from like the, the diversity of the globe is the realization of um, my fortune, mm. yeah, uh, and the realization that not everybody shares that fortune, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that if you are granted that fortune by some miracle, you can. There's a lot you can do to 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 help other people and to yeah. to, to have an impact and yeah. To, and that's what you did with those pontoons. I remember that you. I remember you telling us that story 
Um, and I remember then, at, yeah, Christmas, you took us to the refugee yeah. camps. Yes, because I also um, remember about about that story with the refugees. I, I do remember um, you being a little bit either disappointed or just unfulfilled with what you were doing with your job at that moment. And I remember that when you came home with that story, I had never seen you that way before, um, which was so awesome. It was fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can only imagine. Find a purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, I know, I know how, how important it is for me when I see the, the, the small, the small glimmers of like the, the fact that you're actually having an impact, you know, that, that you feel like you're doing something that's worth it. You know, Mm -hmm. it, it, it has, it's, it's tremendously important. And I think the biggest frustration for me is seeing the apathy of the kids these days, at least the kids that I teach that, that don't have any drive whatsoever to want to try and do that for themselves or for somebody else. It re- that that's what hits me the most. It's not that they don't listen. It's not that they don't want to, it's, it's the apathy towards not all of them. There's a bunch of kids in there that do want to do something there's, and it's for those kids that you do it. It's for those cases that, that you do, mm. you do those things. But yeah. That was, and, and I, and I know also in Dar, because I remember you telling us about, I think there you also made professionally one of your, biggest sacrifices for family's sake mm-hmm. which yeah. was that after two years there it's not a sacrifice no i know family what, first no yeah and, yeah and you've always been clear about that like that was and and you impressed that on us i mean it's was, it, it's hard enough as it this job is hard enough as it is on 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 me and even harder on you guys yeah so i mean of course it's always family first mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah but still it's it's it sounds evident now but i don't think you know there's 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 other people it's there's other people that don't do that. You know, you got to you gotta take care of number one is, is a lot of people's ideas. So I mean, to tell you the story, what, what, what actually happened was yeah. usually postings are, when, you, when I started off from posting with three years at some point, uh, I think while we were in New York, the first time they changed that to four, um, and it was a hard four years. Mm-hmm. Um, when they sent us to Dar, uh, they sent us to Dar after only three years in Vienna, not four. Right. Um, I don't know why, but they did. Um, and when they sent us to Dar, um, your schooling timing was such that we had to leave Dar either before you, Peter, started IB. Right. The uh, last two years of high school. The last yeah. two, or you, Thomas, finished it. Yeah. So it was either after two years or five. Right. Because you guys were one year apart yeah. in school. It was not three, because that would mean that you would have to split your IB in two. In the middle. Or four, because that would mean that you, Thomas, would have to split your IB in two. Mm-hmm. So I said from day one to the ministry, I said two or five. Two or five. Not three or four. And they never committed to three to, 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 to five. Right. And after two years, the chief of personnel calls me up and says, do you want to go to Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. And I asked you guys, do you want to move? And you right. guys said no. And I said to the ministry, well, family doesn't want to move, but I'm going to stay here for five years. And they said, well, no, I've now offered you after two. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to commit to five. Um, so I, you know, I had to take the risk, re- refuse the posting, mm-hmm. um, and had to take the risk to see if we were going to be able to stay for five years. Yeah. Um, and after, you know, after that, after that offer, I went to the ministry with, you know, they, they have this questionnaire that they give you mm-hmm. every year. They give you a questionnaire and they ask you to fill it out and you, where you have to put in where you are in your career and how many, where, where your postings have been. And one of the questions there is your children's schooling. Mm-hmm. 
And for, you know, 16 or 17 years, I had filled out those forms. And every time I had put where your schooling was. So I took these forms to the ministry and I said, look, for 17 years, you've been asking what my children's schooling is. <laughs> for the last three or four, you have known that this is where they were going to right, be right. because they are in the international system and they have to do the IB in one school. Yeah. You've known this for the last five or six yeah. years. If you ask the question, if you yeah. ask for that information, it's to do something. <laughs> lawyer. If you lawyer. do not, if you do not, if you do not want to take this information <laughs> yeah, into yeah. account, do not ask, Don't the, ask question. the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But enough. you ask the question. Yeah. And you know, they went, Oh shit, All he's right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and it it really was with 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 it it almost you could feel the physical pain in the ministry <laughs> that they had to tell me that I was right because there was another guy who was ambassador somewhere in Asia at the same time. Um and you you met him. He was Dan's friend. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he was in Asia at the same time. It was the same problem. Yeah. And he got called back. Oh yeah. So his wife and child had to stay in that posting for an extra year. Oh man. With all the cost that that entailed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was called back to the ministry. Yeah. He didn't uh, no, lawyer it, was... it like you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and then even think about it now, like but how that, different that it would have been. You know, you, you, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a sacrifice. I mean, I would have. I think I would have enjoyed Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah thinking yeah. back, I think we would have enjoyed Costa Rica. Yeah. Like, I think it really wouldn't have been that big of a you, well, you, not that big of a change. Know, yeah, except, would have learned you know, some Spanish. A couple of couple of guys you wouldn't have been friends with. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, friends that we still have to this day. I'm thinking, I'm yeah. thinking Dan, like especially Dan. Dan's Dan, our Dan third wouldn't brother. Have been, wouldn't have been your friend the way he is now. No, because you only you'd only have known him for a year. No, and even like Raf and Mati and all those yeah. guys, I didn't. Yeah, the, the first yeah. two but, years, you know, not a... uh, we would have ended up in Costa Rica. You yeah, would right. have spoken Spanish, been even better surfers than you are already. You <laughs> yeah, is if if you could go back to like the twenty six year olds, no cares, nothing to worry about, self, what would you tell them? Hmm. <laughs> uh... I don't think I would have changed very much. I mean, you could, no. you, nah, I mean, you can, you can, you can think what would have happened if I had followed my mom's advice instead of my dad's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mom said, be an engineer. Dad said, be a diplomat. Yeah. What would have happened if I'd been an engineer and, yeah. you know, worked for a, a, a another private, I probably wouldn't have met your mom. You guys wouldn't have been mm -hmm. around. It would have been another set of kids, um, yeah. to begin with. Um, so that, you know, that, that's not the kind of stuff that actually makes sense. That kind of yeah. speculation doesn't make sense. Um, would I have done things differently career-wise? Uh, I don't know. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I've, 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 I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have colleagues who've, who've had more prestigious postings. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are going through nasty divorces because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lose their kids. Mm -hmm. There's, there's mm -hmm. colleagues who, um, who have, who've literally lost their kids. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I don't know how much that has to do with this, this kind of life. Yeah. Um, I know both of you have had anxieties and dark periods. Yeah. Um, but I want to hope. I want to think that um, the way your mom and I raised you and 
tried to keep the communication channels open um, helped you out of that at times, or at least offered yeah. offered you a, 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 a some kind of a safety net that maybe some other kids didn't have. Yeah, and that's that's all that counts. Yeah, um, I think know, that you're is. You're 25 years old, and your 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 natural instinct is to procreate and to make sure that that procreation survives. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Yes. Uh, and and to do that, you need to you know provide provide materially and and physically and 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 emotionally. And I think I think we've kind of done that. I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm done, uh, but I'm saying I I look at the two of you and I'm thinking okay yeah we're all right yeah <laughs> could be all right. Like we said with Tommy, once he signed that contract with the UN, you're like, cool, 50% of my offspring is done. Now I can focus all my attention on the other one. So. Yeah, and, and, that, and that took 10 more years. But. Motherfucker. Yeah, you know it. I blazed my own path. Ain't nobody going to tell mom, me what to your do. Mom and I were talking, your mom and I were talking on the way over here saying, well, he's always five or six years behind when we suggest that he does stuff. But it ended up happening anyway. Yeah, I have to find it for myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all you the, all you and the funny thing is, <laughs> you know, if you look back five years ago, every yeah. step of the way, it, it's always what we told you to do. I got a little bit of lag on me. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got. A delayed delayed reaction. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's it's that what helps me motivate my kids. Yeah, because no, when my absolutely. kids when my kids are sitting there not giving about a shit, I I try to I Think about what would have motivated me when I was them back and in that's, the day, and that's your strength as a teacher. And, yeah, the, the, I, and you know I the, agree with the that. one the one thing that I that I want you to f- remember and focus on: mm-hmm. the longer you teach, um, the further away you will be in age from yeah. your kids. Yeah, right now you're still close enough that you can relate to them. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I pride myself on is that I. I'm. I have enough of an open mind to be able to relate with younger people. Yeah, uh, more than some of my colleagues and friends. Yeah, um, and I and I and I think and I hope that you have some of that in you. And, oh, for and sure. That, and and if and if and if you know it, that you need it, you can consciously work at it. Yeah, and yeah. that you need to do because it is your strength as a teacher. It's it's very yeah. much your strength. It's as the a Coach teacher. Carter. Yeah, exactly. Peter's Coach exactly. Carter. I mean, that's that's one of the things, aside from teaching, it's the thing that I'm worried about, like, in, in the music scene, like, especially in my metal band, like, right now it's still cool, but at what point am I just the old fuck trying to relive his youth You're that already, up on stage? I'm not yet. I'm not yet. Like I'm still. I'm still in the. I'm still in the goal. I'm still in the sweet spot. I'm still in the sweet spot. He's World gonna be saying tour. that for the next twenty years that he's yeah, still in the sweet. I'm gonna spot. be like seventy years old, with my gray hair down in my butt. I'm like, I'm gonna make it. I made a point. For example, uh, one of the one of the big differences that I saw from most of my colleagues, like in Dar and in Vienna, parent-teacher conferences was always mom and me. Yeah, yeah, I right. never missed one, or right. if I missed one, it was you know maybe over the twelve years of your schooling, maybe one or two, mm-hmm. yeah. um, n- not more. Yeah, no, uh, right. and I hardly ever saw any of my colleagues there. Yeah, yeah. it was always the moms and yeah. just the moms. Yeah, um, so yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 you know, well, that's you know that's the way we did it. Yeah. yeah, and maybe that had to do with the fact that I knew what was happening to you because I had lived it myself. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. that's fair enough. I think that's probably um, one of the biggest things is like all, all the colleagues and stuff like they kind of ended up but not a lot of them had like the the diplomatic legacy. No, although I see the... I see with 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 some of their colleagues who were also sons of and mm-hmm. they're not like me. Yeah. In, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. You but, are unique. 
<laughs> Both <laughs> We're and all unique. Always. <laughs> We're all unique. There you go. We're all unique. Let's, uh, that's, um, now, one thing we ask all of our guests um, do you have anything, any suggestions for reading or watching or listening? Yeah, what, or are you, what are you reading these days? What are you, what are you watching these days? What well, are you, I'm, I'm what reading Jeff Max's The Grote Verwachting, which is an amazing book about Europe between 1999 and 2020. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I, I, I was going to buy you both a copy of that for Christmas. Okay. I'm down. It's really worth it. Yeah. Um, uh, Big Bang Theory is over, so you can't be watching that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Big Bang Theory is a little like Friends; you can watch it. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the background yeah, yeah. background TV. Um, there's a there's two novels that that the the two novels that hit me most. One was um, oh come on, the Kite Runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other one was... I remember The Kai Runner. The Kai Runner. And they also turned that into a movie, but I think the the book is amazing. Um, For You, A Thousand Times Over, which comes back three times, that line in that book. And the third time, it just grabs you in the throat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other book that really hit me was uh, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yeah. About the little autistic yeah. kid, yeah. Which, which they turned into a Broadway show. I never saw it, but yeah. I, I mean, the it's book is amazing. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And what was the name of the first one? The Grote Verwachting by? by Geert Mack. Geert Mack. Yeah. All right. he's, he's also the guy who wrote In Europe about his tour of Europe between 1989 and, 19, uh, and, and 2000. It's always crazy. I remember in college I was reading a book about the Iraq War. And it was it was interesting reading something that had happened in my lifetime, reading it historically, reading it as a book that somebody would read in like you know fifty or sixty years. It's really weird seeing the events well, that this, you lived in this through. One, in this book, in here, yeah. in his uh, in his epilogue, and he announces it in the prologue. But in the epilogue, he writes a letter to a history student in twenty sixty nine. Well. About, Today. Yeah. I mean, actually, it was really funny because Benoit and I were talking about that. Benoit and I have put together a prod. Well, I, he, I, we were kind of talking about it and he did it with his class is um, because they have to write an essay based on historical documents. And so he asked kids to bring in historical documents about what's happening today and write it. In as as if students from you know the 2050s the 2060s how they would write their final exam based on the articles of today. How important is COVID going to be? Yeah, in yeah. 2070. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just as important as the Spanish flu is. And guess what? Yeah. When did you hear about the Spanish flu for the first time? I when COVID hit. No, no, no. Okay, maybe no, a little no, earlier, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't the story of that time no, of no, history. No, the story of that time of history was World War One. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. It wasn't the yeah, Spanish yeah. flu, which, no, no, by no. the way, killed more people than the First World War. But yeah, yeah. nobody talked yeah. about the Spanish yeah. flu in less time. Yeah, in less time. Yeah, half yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Tommy, yeah. what are you reading, listening to, watching? Uh... I think it's the first podcast where you can't plug my endo anymore. No, I, <laughs> I, although I no, I still can. It's still on on VTM Go for another okay for another two weeks. And then what do you do? Oh. Then you put it up on your um, own platforms? No, I mean then Ellen's look at we're all we have some interest from various. We have a couple of leads we're chasing up in the states uh, for where it goes. The Netherlands we have a couple of leads. Wallonia we have a couple of leads. 
Cool. Uh, working on all that so stuff. So there, he's plugged my endo. Getting out there. Yeah, my endo out there. In, here in Belgium, it's called, well, in Flanders, it's called Taboo in the Beck, uh, which I definitely don't like as much as a title. I can say that. I can absolutely say that. Yeah. Um, but what am I watching at the moment? Um... I'm not watching much, to be honest. I like I, seriously. I just like I'm yeah. so done with screens. By the time I get home, it's just like yeah. my phone is off. My I'm like listening to music or a podcast or yeah. I can't like yeah. I can't keep shoving stuff in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Did you check out the It Could Happen Here the podcast about civil war in the U.S. No, no. Now I'm listening to this um, Behind the Bastards uh, where it's like oh, this yeah. uh, thing where they, like now there's this double part on Mark Zuckerberg. And that was the whole ethnic cleansing in Ethiopia yeah. thing about the Facebook stuff, yeah. which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just uh, yeah. listening to podcasts, listening to music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, so I inherited this album from uh, Tante Lutz, from her aunt who passed yeah. away last year, uh, the Otis, Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the dock of the bay, uh, yeah. that album is is it's amazing. Solid album. Like I hadn't like I knew dock of the bay, and that had been on my play my chill playlist for a long time. But mm-hmm. there's a bunch of songs in there as well. Like also, there's a song I forget the name of the song, but it's the it's what the Blues Brothers are playing at that final show before the blues mm-hmm. grow, the dun, 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 oh yeah yeah right like that's yeah. that's that's a otis redding thing that's oh, okay. a, a, like a these days they'd call it like a little loop or something yeah, that yeah. he that he had on his so that was that's interesting awesome. it's a great album definitely gives a, a juggernaut give a man he was yeah, a juggernaut crazy, was insane crazy. and smacked out of his mind half the time yeah, but yeah. Like just, <laughs> it's amazing like there's one song where he just goes where the only word he uses in the entire song is amen Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I remember just, that. In it's Iona. amazing. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not even that religious anymore. Yeah. But it's just like it's a great. Well, it's like um, uh, uh, oh happy day, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the whole song is oh happy day when Jesus washed yeah. he washed my sins away. It's like all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. And repeat. There's a George Harrison song like that as well. It's only three lines or something. Yeah, um, yeah. That's it. Anyway, I, I have two things to that I'm that I'm um watching to and listening to and and have to plug. First is um, Mad Robbie, the project with my with my cousin. Uh, we just came out with our EP, which is all the songs that we already released, plus two more songs. But now it's like all together in like one one packet, nice and nice and easy. We've got a whole bunch of more stuff coming. Just 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 wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. And the second one um, is well, I'm listening to it on audiobook, but um, it exists in a book. Is is um, Passchendaele Requiem for Doomed Youth by Paul Ham which is just an insanely detailed story on the whole, uh, the third battle of Ypres. If you're a history nerd and really want to get into the nitty gritty details of, of the, of one of the most insane battles of the first world war, I highly suggest that, that this whole thing, 500,000 wounded, dead or missing kids in the fields in Flanders was all just because two guys were having a, a political showdown and just wanted to prove who had the bigger unit. And that's, that's, all it was, but ins- insane, absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that we, so we still have a whole chapter left. Tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we still yeah, got a whole so chapter many, left. So many. Plus, we still got to dig deep in some of the socio-political bullshit that Tompy and I do that we kind of talk about and all that stuff. We kind of want to, 
poke your brain a little bit. Oh, just, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go real deep. Universal I mean, basic had, income. Had, that's the next I've episode. Had, I've had uh, four COVID tests in the last couple of weeks. My brain yeah. has been poked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And we're going to poke it some more. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks a million for listening. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts or comments or episode ideas or anything, you can hit us up at LarryMonkeySlaw at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we count on you guys to share all this shit. Yeah, and hit us up in the Facebook comments because we're not giving Facebook a cent. No. Uh, so please give us all of your hatred in the comments. Yeah, bring it. Facebook's for bring it, bring friends. it. As always, talk about it. Don't be a dick. There you go. And uh, we got a couple bomber episodes coming. Bombing. We got a couple awesome episodes coming your way in the next uh, totally. in the next few weeks. So uh, and, uh, we're excited. Pops. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks a lot, Pops. Thank you, Pops. Welcome. We'll talk soon. Well, blah, 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 blah